You're listening to Australia's Tax News Podcast. Tax Talks, the podcast for Australian tax professionals. Welcome to episode 94 of Tax Talks. This is Heide Robson and thank you to Klaas for sponsoring this episode. Over the next four episodes, Paul McEnroe of Clear Hall in Brisbane will walk you through revocable trusts, family trust elections, the taxation of trusts and the streaming of trust income. So today's episode is about revocable trusts. Here's Paul. A revocable trust comes from Section 102 of the 1936 Act. And really, it is what the name suggests. It's a trust in which the person who created the trust is able to revoke or alter the trusts so that they can acquire the beneficial interest in the income capital of the trust going forward. The reason why a set law shouldn't be the trustee is that the trustee will generally always have that power to make a capital distribution, for example, or a distribution of income. So in circumstances where they can essentially revoke the trusts by distributing all of the income and, and capital to themselves, then that would be a revocable trust. If I'm the settlor and I create a trust and I make myself the trustee and then I put a share portfolio into the trust, I can basically, as trustee, give the share portfolio back to me at any time. Hence, it is a revocable trust. That's right. And that's why it is the ordinary course that the settlor is someone independent of the individual or in the circumstance, slightly different in a testamentary trust scenario, but the testator is deceased and therefore won't have the ability to ever retain that beneficial loan or get back that beneficial ownership of the assets or the income. So in that scenario, albeit that the testator is the settlor, well, they're not going to be able to get those assets back. So it really should always be someone independent of the true beneficiaries of the trust. So in circumstances where there is a trust, for example, where which would fit within uh, the definition of revocable trust, the commissioner has a discretion to assess the trustee on all of the income rather than assessing the beneficiaries. So again, we come to an assessment under section 99 or 99A and we a get top marginal a top rate. marginal rate. That's really, I guess, the, the downside to having a revocable trust and should be avoided. So to avoid a revocable trust, the settler and trustee should not be the same person. Paul is an experienced trust lawyer, but a long time ago, in a previous life, Paul did something completely different. And I asked him about that after the interview. I found his answer very interesting, so I wanted to share it with you. So here is my question to Paul. I've never spoken to a detective before. <laughs> yeah. And I was really amazed when I read that you have been a detective with the Queensland Police. Yeah. Were you in crime? Yes. So I worked in general duties for about three years and then I went to plain clothes. You do about three to four years as a plain clothes officer until you do your training to become a detective. And as a plain clothes officer, it means you infiltrate Gangs. No, plain clothes, the plain clothes I'm talking about is really you're a trainee detective. There is a separate undercover unit, which is, I think, kind of what you're talking about, which I never did. But really, we just investigate crime. So as a detective, I investigated crime ranging from 
stealing, assaults, burglaries, all the way through to murder. Anything that happened within my geographical area would be something that my office would investigate. Being a detective, is that quite emotionally scarring? I was lucky. I, I didn't really, not a lot affected me, but certainly it is an issue. I think you're more in tune with it or you're, you're less scarred because it's what you want to do. And you're working for a good cause. Yeah. The cases that really affected me personally were things involving children, anything involving children, which I didn't do a lot. They were the only things that affected me because I had small children at the time and, and that was hard. And I can see that that would be scarring on some people. But for me personally, it wasn't. I went to plenty of horrific scenes, but didn't affect me because I think you have a job to do and you can kind of blank out the emotion a little bit to say, well, yes, I understand that that's a horrible looking scene, but I've got a job to do. And that is to do go and catch who did this. And mm. I think you wouldn't get yourself to become a detective if you weren't able to separate yourself. But so it's like it is in the movies that the detective actually already comes to the crime scene pretty yeah, much absolutely. at the start. Yeah. Mm. So your general duties would generally be the first on the scene and their job generally is to protect the scene. If it's serious, they call the detectives and detectives take it from there and investigate and do their job. So, yeah, that's generally how it would work. Did you also have a lot to do with organised crime? Your violent crimes were not, they were not generally random. They were not generally organised crime. They were people who knew each other, who got themselves in bad situations and did the wrong thing. Hmm. I think the kind of the random attack or the, you know, the serial killer type story in Hollywood is uh, certainly not the rare. norm. People who know each other go around to rob someone or do something or even just to buy drugs, have an argument and perhaps stab someone. They know each other, they've known each other for years, have a fight, it ends badly, someone dies. That's probably more normal than you're walking across the story bridge and you get dragged into a park and killed. Like I think yeah. that's less normal. Those ones are harder to solve, to solve than... Because there's no network you can go through. That's right. Thankfully, though, Queensland has a very successful rate of solving yeah. murder. You didn't have cases of organised crime. You probably never felt unsafe. I never did a lot of work in gangs and motorcycle gangs and that. I did some work in organised drug work, but to be honest, I never felt unsafe ever. The odd job here and there where something's happening, but driving home from work, I never felt like mm. anyone was ever going Falling to come your... after me or follow mm. me or anything like that. Mm. Certainly, it's not unheard of, but yeah, it's not, mm. not the norm. Crime movies, you find them so unrealistic, yeah, you find I'll, it difficult to... Yeah, I think... Oh, look, I do. I watch plenty of those sort of shows. But, yeah, I mean, you do look at them and go, oh, yeah, right. Mm, That's as if. never going to happen. And even lawyer shows to a large degree, you just like, that, that just, you know, they've got to fit a show in an hour and all of these things got to happen where in real life it takes three to four years. So although American systems are a lot faster than Queensland, certainly, but, yeah, I mean, you do, you do watch those things and, You go, oh, that's so unrealistic. But 
sure nurses are the same and doctors and there's not too many accountant shows. No, no, Believe although there is, I think there's a movie I have watched, but there's a movie there, called The Accountant. Yeah, I have watched it. But you could actually make very interesting movies about accountants because money laundering schemes in Phoenixing and all those, you almost always have accountants involved. So well, you could make interesting. Well, the, the accountant, he basically money laundered for big drug cartels and the like. That was kind of a part of the theme I of see. that movie. Are you tired of people asking you about your detective no. times? Everybody, somebody finds it out, they immediately ask oh, they you about do. it. Like the minute you say everyone's interested, other than traffic police, no one's met a cop they didn't want to talk to or ask a question about or do you know Bill Smith? He works in the Northern Territory. I'm like, <laughs> no, I don't. And you're like, they do. Like I've literally had that question. Oh, he's a copper. And then it'll be like, oh, yeah, he's in the Northern Territory. I'm like, I, I want to say to them, are you for real? Like, there's not six of us. You know, <laughs> like, there's not one in each state. But, but that's how they, they just think, you're a cop, you must know this bloke. So but I'm not sick of it. It is what it is. I enjoy it. I'm proud of my career. And, yeah, I was proud to say I was a cop. So, yeah, it's not something I'm sick of yet. Welcome back. In the next episode, episode 95, Paul McEnross will talk about family trust elections. Until then, thank you for listening and thank you to Klaus for their support. Bye for now and see you in the next episode.